Welcome to Screenfish Radio. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we are talking about Triangle of Sadness. And I am so thrilled to have uh, two financial financiers, no, but a couple of, of friends to the show, uh, Jason Ty and our new friend to the show, actually, in Daniel Moran. And welcome, gentlemen. Thanks, Steve. Hey, good to be on. I'm glad you could be here. Uh, Triangle of Sadness recently won the Palm Door at the Cannes Film Festival. Directed by Ruben Oslin, the film uh, is told in three sections and tells the story of a cruise for the super rich. And when a uh, disaster strikes and the ship sinks, it leaves the survivors, including a fashion model celebrity couple, trapped on an island, upsetting the balance of power. As always, this podcast is rate, rated S for spoilers. And uh, I cannot wait to talk about this one. But gentlemen, I would love to know what you think and what you thought of Triangle of Sadness. Jason, you, you want to start? Or? Jason's in the office right now, actually. I uh, I love that background. There's no background anywhere. Um, no, it was pretty good. Um, the pacing was a bit long for the first part of the movie. I think it was like a good hour they were on the boat. Um, it, the whole movie is just like the dynamic between rich and poor, and then like the twist with the boat crashing, which is in the trailer, uh, you know, that dynamic changing and switching things up. I think it's really interesting to see more of the psychology of it uh, and how that like really affects like your decisions and your relationships with other people. Overall, it was pretty good. It was funny uh, for sure. I, I think it was funny first and then like had something to say after. Uh, but no, overall, pretty good, entertaining, kind of gross at one point. But um, no, good movie. I liked that overall. Uh, I thought it was beautifully shot. Um, I thought it was uh, thought provoking. It really had a lot of things to say. Um, like coming from like how I grew up, I had a bit of bias entering in, thinking like, oh, like boo, rich people, and but it, it wasn't that bad. Like I felt like I, I learned something out of it. But yeah, the pacing was weird like i feel like the trailer uh, tricked me a little bit like um but it was yeah it was a bit all over the place like pace wise and like thematically like um i thought they were going with one idea in the beginning but then they kept moving to like different ideas but overall it was capturing just like the psychology about being poor versus being rich, mostly being rich, but it like clashing with being poor at the last, the, the, the second half of the movie, I suppose. It felt like three different movies to me. And I know it's in three chapters. I know they, they tell it that way, but each, each one is so unique. Like the first chapter is really just the, the young couple um, in the restaurant like that's really all it is until they get on the boat and then it's sort of like chapter two um and and of course chapter three is on the island um i thought that it was really well like the script i thought was really good and i thought it was way too long <laughs> but i i kind of wondered if that was the point like it was it was a strange mix like I sat there and I was like, I, I'm really uncomfortable in these conversations, but I think we were supposed to be. And like everything is thrown to the nth degree. So like I've never seen a film where there was 15 minutes of vomit. Could we have done that in two minutes? Maybe. But we got more vomit and poop in this film than I think I've ever seen in, let alone in any film that's actually semi-intelligent. Like, <laughs> you know. Were you guys waiting for the crash, like for the island? Because I, I saw the trailer first, and I was like, the whole time I was like, when are they gonna get to the island? When are they gonna get to? The island? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. If we didn't see the trailer. We'd have a different vibe on the pacing. Um. Yeah, I was waiting for, for the crash because I guess that that's got the main display picture of the movie, right? There's like this island. At least that's like what we're expecting. And I don't know, like 
thematically I was thinking of something like like Castaway, and we got like a little bit of that, but there's a lot more like Parasite, I guess, that I saw. <laughs> that's a good comparison. I uh, I hadn't thought of Parasite, but definitely that's in there. Um, did either of you see Downsizing? I did. Yeah. Yeah, with Matt Damon. But I, I felt like there were still some similar themes um, in the Downsizing because... Sure. Well, like downsizing, the idea was that you you take all you downsize your life, and you live in this tiny house so that you can all be rich. But then there's still this poverty section that ends up being developed anyway, and it, it and that people just sort of ignore. I I wasn't wait. See, I did not see a trailer before. I don't think I might have. Um, but I wasn't like waiting for the island. In fact, when they got to the island, I was like, "There's more." I said, wait a second here. I just kind of thought the ship would go down and that would be the end of it. Um, yeah. But uh, there, there were some fascinating conversations in this movie, though. I have to admit, like that scene where Woody yeah. Harrelson is arguing with the, the drunken, you know, uh, uh, crap salesman in his office. Um, again, it was very long. It was very long, but it was fascinating. Um, well, okay, like, in the beginning, like, it was a weird start showing off, uh, just a bunch of models, and, and like, the, the model life for, like, the, I guess, our main characters, which later in the movie, they don't really become as main as I expected them to be, but then, like, you, you see, like, this couple, like, they're very affluent people, like, for their age, like, in especially like with the jobs that they have and then um as their relationship just devolves really close to like a breakup they they, they all they need to do is just be honest with each other and that was interesting and i i respected the movie to really bring up those ideas of of um some relationships just being symbiotic by like like with, with marketing and and that like like it reminded me of a lot of things i see on youtube of couples who are social media influencers and they they were they represent like a certain type of couple but then behind the scenes it's often like they act a certain way for the viewers for like the like the like the ad revenue and it was cool that like the couple basically were honest to each other. Like, you know, like one of the reasons why we're together is like, like the followers, you know, and like for, for like the, the affluent lifestyle that we can get out of this. And I thought that was, that was a little bit more grounded for, uh, for like this type of movie, I suppose. What, what did you guys think of the, like how in the beginning of the movie, He's like complaining about paying for the food and like always paying for the meal. And then she just kind of expects it. And and then she, what else does she do? She had no intention of paying. Like even later on, she admits that like, yeah, I had no intention of paying. Like I was expecting you to. Uh, I think she also says something on like, you're the man you're supposed to or something, something like that. But then later when he is on the island and he is with Abigail, who is, I would say, the rich person in that scenario, he's like the girl, right? Or the, the, the girl where he's like not really doing any work and he's just being pretty. And Abigail's the breadwinner and he's okay with it. So what did you guys think of that like comparison? Like what what is it even trying to say that like we all want to be in a position where we're like the gold digger or i don't know are you saying that you want to be a gold digger jason is that uh no but i'm saying like he he was complaining about her being one and then he becomes one and he's okay with it mm. he like 
he's complaining in the beginning. He's like, this is wrong. Why am I paying all the time? And then the end, he's just like, oh, I'll, I'll dump uh, Yaya for you, Abigail. I, I love you. Like he's, in, he's infatuated because she can, you know, provide. Yeah. Like, that was so awkward in the beginning. <laughs> but um, yeah, like to me, it felt like, uh, like touching on like, the topic of relationship expectations and like like gender roles, I suppose that like I I guess like tackling that idea that in in a relationship the man should provide or like when the relationship is just starting out, like the woman want to test the man if like how much they can provide for her. And it is like weird at the same time because they're both very affluent people. And it seems like, like while they're tackling on generals, it just seems like they were just lacking a lot of communication as a couple. Like it was very shallow, and they had different expectations of each other. Where the woman was just really there, like like she straight up said, like, "Oh, like one of the reasons why I'm with you is like like for the marketing, like just for the for the influence, like the social media influence." While the the guy seemed like he was looking for something more genuine but it's funny because like between the two he was more insecure <laughs> you you bring up that dining scene uh at the beginning i thought that conversation was fascinating because i think you're right daniel to bring up like power dynamics and like gender roles because but i don't know i i just feel like these expectations are placed uh based on like well based on tradition of gender roles and we don't know when once money and power are equated we don't know how to differentiate these things once they infect these conversations so like everything going on in there was all about who's in control everything everything because he's mad that she she uh he can't afford the meal but he's mad that she's paying and then when she does pay, he's mad because I'll pay anyway. Oh, fine. You invited, you know, you invited me here, but and it, it, it was all, it just, it was all about power to me. Mm. And I'm sitting there and, it, but it, it wasn't like he demanded power. It was like, he didn't know who should have it. He was uncomfortable right. not having yeah. it, but he didn't really feel like he should. <laughs> it was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved his character and I, because I hated his character. I really like, uh, that was <laughs> Carl and Yaya. And I hated Carl so much, but I, I, I was supposed mm. to hate Carl. So I think it was Harris Dickinson. He did a great job because I hated him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and I, I loved her through the whole film. Uh, that's, Charles B. Dean Crick. And it's crazy. I don't know. Like, did you hear? She actually died. Like, the actress died yeah. the week before the film premiered uh, at the festival was like, it's like nuts, especially the way the film ends. It shows that he himself is a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. Because when that situation, and he was like the one in that was using the only thing he could give was his body to Abigail Band. And she was the one in the power position. Uh, she was the one, you know, metaphorically paying for him. Um, so, so, yeah, he's definitely like a hypocrite. He loves being in that position where he doesn't have to really do as much work and be the, you know, quote unquote gold digger. Um, it's interesting because is that saying like that's how most people would be? Like if they, you know, if the situation did flip, um, mm. I really don't know. I mean, I mean, you're a stay-at-home dad now, and now uh, Alicia's the one providing. Is it? Are you happier now? That like forget about like leaving Parkway, but just like the money aspect. Am I happier with her being the breadwinner? The, yes, just just the money part. Like, it's the best. Okay. 
<laughs> no, honestly, honestly, and and I mean, obviously, you're Carl. I'm Carl. I complain when I complain when she pays for dinner, but I I, I can't afford it. So no, um, no. The, the truth is, the truth is, for us, it really wasn't much. It it it's not much of an issue. I, like I don't care. Um, I don't care if I'm making more or less than she is because we pool our money. So all that matters to us mm -hmm. is how we uh, how we navigate those things and how, what we decide to spend our money on. Like I personally, everybody can make their own decisions. I understand that, but I personally don't understand why married couples have separate, entirely separate bank accounts and i don't mean that they can't have their own bank account but i mean like they view their money as their own i just don't understand that personally because i'm like you you both have the same debt mm -hmm. and you both have the same bills to pay um but that's another whole conversation so for me honestly that was not an issue yeah. i think i mean my with my salary dropping the way that it did and it it significantly lower like you know probably about a third of what i was doing before that is stressful to me not because i think i should be making more right. uh, just the amount is lower and that bothers me that bothers her um yeah. but it's uh, in turn it in terms of uh whether or not it's it, somehow gender plays into it I, I i couldn't care less i do know people that that matters for and i just don't understand that like again right. I mean, it depends on how you view your relationship, I suppose. Yeah, like I feel like if if nothing's communicated and there's always that concern about like who has more power and how they're both doing like together with money or like separately is money, like if there's no communication, like it's always gonna be uncomfortable, like, right? How do you guys pay for the you guys just split it evenly or uh it, we we take turns but i feel like mostly i i i would prefer to pay but then i feel like nowadays with, with our culture i am very open for my partner like paying for me like we it it kind of like we vibe it out and vibe hey and like it cancels out at, at some point just naturally like it's I, I know some couples that they have a like a, an app that tracks like purchases and like I respect that a lot but I think like um yeah like as long as it's verbally communicated and that money never really becomes an an issue then it's yeah it's just like like uh just communicate that's that's <laughs> that's my two cents like has there, ever, has there ever been a time where you felt like you were paying too much mm. no not really I uh, i'm honestly be watching this <laughs> i hope you're not listening <laughs> no like um like it, it I look at the privilege that I have and I also look at myself as like what I'm comfortable of paying and also the fact that like I have a partner who's as frugal as I am but also we can we might spend a bit more at other times and there's like we 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 just work it out like we'll we'll go out to dinner and, and spend 50 to 100 bucks for dinner and then we'll look at tickets to a concert and then okay it's 100 200 per person like maybe not and and we can align like our financial goals together and not not have to worry about like paying too much like it just it just happens like as long as we are able to say like hey like are, like, are you okay if i pay like it, it's always there, I think. Like double check before eating, like somewhere, or like um, purchasing something. Like, hey, like, are you okay with this? And it always works out. 
I, I like what you're describing. Again, I think, I think what you said there is very humble. Like you guys, it, it, to me, again, it comes down to, <laughs> oh, you. Um, I think it all comes down to humility, though. It depends on, like, or power. Again, it's like, if we, if we associate some need for control in any relationship, and not just any relationship, like we're talking about a relationship between the couple here, but it's very, very clear that this is what goes on throughout the film as well. I mean, how quickly does that turn sour? Like that whole mm. thing on the, on the island, um, like for crying it out, it's like, it starts out with who gets all the fish. Mm. And, you know, um, oh, I, well, I got all the fish. So one for me. One for you, one for me, one for you, one for me, one for you. And it's like, all of a sudden, everybody's got one and she's got 10, you know? Mm. Um, Do you think that's like a, an anti-communism scene or like what? What do you think that scene was pro or con for? Yeah, I would love to hear, I would love to hear Daniel. You and I talked about this a little bit after we saw it. I'd love to hear Daniel's take on this film. Is this film anti-communism or anti-capitalism? Um, or either? I don't know if it's... I didn't really think this through, but I didn't really feel like it was anti-anything, like, like vehemently like anti-anything. Like it was just exploring the ideas of, I suppose, what... what uh, class divisions are like nowadays and how how uh, it's it's hard to say like what the movie stands for obviously like it's leaning towards a, a side of like maybe things should be more equal right and uh, like if they're not equal then this is what it looks like 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 the fish still like most of the fish still goes to the ones who are in power but um, I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I'm throwing it back at you guys. It's, <laughs> it's a big question. That's <laughs> I think I think now it it explores both sides, but I think it shows like the disadvantages of both. Yeah. I definitely don't think it's pro capitalism, but I think it's after hard. seeing that, I think about that campfire scene a lot where she. She does all. The, I think that scene is anti-communism. It has to be because when she catches all, well, you know, communism being like everything's equal no matter what. That's like the ultra like communism where everything's totally, totally equal no matter what. Um, and then when she catches the fish, she does like pretty much all the work. And then when yeah. they say, "Hey, we did stuff too," it's like, "What'd you do?" And she, they're like, "Oh, we we got the wood." And it's like, well, I made the fire. I did literally everything else. I did every hard part. And then everyone else is sitting except me. I, why should it be equal? And I think there's no way watching that scene, you're like, oh, no, it should be equal. Everyone gets octopus. No, like, you go, no, she should get more food. She did all the work. So I think it's, I think the movie has to be like a, a con for both. Mm-hmm. And did you? What did you guys think of that campfire scene? Like, I I do think that was a anti-communism scene, but like, did you agree that she deserved more than everyone else in that group when she did? You know, she cost the octopus and everything. I mean, it's exactly backwards as what the entire boat scene was like. Like, you had the workers working like 12 hours a day and the rich people were just eating and enjoying their time, like drinking and partying and they had most of everything there. And, and then they're, they're just playing the reversal on like the power, I suppose. Like, uh, I guess hard to decide if it's anti-communism I, it just felt like a, a reversal of roles of power like 
But uh, I think there's something there, though. Like on the dangers of, I guess, political ideologies that are far somewhere else. Like speaking of ideologies, like we had like that Woody Harrelson captain character and that guy who sells fertilizer. <laughs> they weren't clashing as much. They were actually. It was really nice to see them just enjoy their time, and but also like uh, throw these quotes at each other for what they represent for a little bit and <laughs> yeah like uh i think that's what i'm thinking right now i love that scene again long but i love that scene it's just really well written yeah i like that scene too um yeah it, it's fascinating i i this see this this is a fascinating film in a number of ways i do think it's very well done because you're right, Daniels, the, the island is the exact opposite of, of the boat. And I love what Abigail says at one point. She goes, on the yacht, toilet manager. Here, captain. You know? Um, yeah, it's, it, it's so true. Like, this was her job, was to take care of them. And now they are so bourgeois, they can't do anything. They have no practical skills. But then when the shoe's on the other foot, the same corruption creeps in. Um, so I don't know whether I would say it was anti, well, I'd, I'd say it's, I'd say it's anti both. I think what it is, 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 is just throwing everything out and saying, look, we cannot handle money at all. We have no concept of how to truly care for one another with money. Like the fact of Abigail gets corrupted by the end is so much more tragic than anything we see on the boat. Right. Um, yeah. Cause like she had her chance and all of a sudden, what does she do? She's now living in a boat. Uh, <laughs> she's living in a boat with a guy who she's sleeping with to give him pretzel sticks. Um, so he can get her <laughs> like, it's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and then, and then what do they say at the end? Yaya says, oh, we can finally go back to the way things were. So she tried, so, so does she kill Yaya yeah. or not? I don't, we, we don't actually know, but. Um, if, if she did, do, do you guys think, do you blame her? Like, do, I, do I blame her for killing Yaya? <laughs> well, it's further, Jason. I think we should. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I guess like figuratively. <laughs> oh, I guess more do you blame her for wanting to keep the power she has on the island and not going not wanting to go back to being you know at the bottom being poor oh do I blame her in that way like she's not guilty of murder you're saying do I do I understand why she'd want to keep that yes is willing to kill yeah. To, to be honest, I actually was kind of surprised that the movie ended like that, that Abigail wants to murder Yaya. Like, the only reason why I think Abigail would want to do that is to keep that relationship she has with, with the guy. But I thought it was, a, it was a weird twist of character development because I never thought, like, um, Abigail coming from that position where she was in before the boat and after the boat that she was capable of, of doing that. I, I can only imagine that it was just out of like preserving the relationship she had with the guy. Hmm. I thought it was more just the whole power dynamic. Like yeah. Just not poor again and being a toilet cleaner. Um, yeah, yeah and there's, there's a number of things going on there. But I mean, yeah. seriously, like Carl, <laughs> you're gonna kill right? Carl? Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, she really enjoyed Carl, so <laughs> she did. I'm not saying I, I would enjoy that kind of company, but Abigail did, at the cost of uh, pretzel sticks too. That's very, very reasonable rate. Um, that's yeah. Oh, Carl. Carl, Carl. Uh, I have a question for you guys. 
the director said something in an interview that he wanted to explore the concept of beauty is currency. Ooh. Now, like, we, we might go back to about like what I mentioned about like modeling and like the relationship between the two, but I feel like there was more like beauty's currency theme that came up like uh, through the movie. And I just wanted to know what you guys thought. So that's what the director wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Yaya sold her body to Carl and then Carl's selling his body to Abigail. So it's definitely prevalent. And that like, if you want to use Carl as an example, really the only thing he had to offer was his luck and his body. It was like nothing else, right? Yeah, pretzel sticks. Yeah, he sold it for pretzel sticks. Wow. Better be good pretzel sticks. <laughs> I wonder how much he made before the, the boat <laughs> compared not to pretzel a, sticks. Not enough to pay for dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I hadn't heard that quote. Um, but yeah, I could see that um throughout it's interesting because most people on the on the ship are not particularly attractive or young like they're all old money you think yeah. it's saying that uh the money has corrupted them and they're just hideous now oh i think everybody that touches money in this movie is corrupted <laughs> right Arguably the only one that isn't is uh, Woody Harrelson. <laughs> right. Mm. Sorry, Daniel, you were going to say something. Oh, um, yeah, it's like speaking on that idea of money corrupting people. Like it comes from a perspective of, I guess, all of us regular folks agreeing that money should be distributed more evenly but then i guess to the rich people in the boat they didn't see that they were corrupted like they just felt like that they earned this money despite of the influence of what they've done to society participating in in capitalism and like racking up all that wealth or um, not just like that but then also that old couple that said that they invented hand grenades and then it coming back at them like like uh, prior to the crash, I thought that was pretty funny, but it touches on that too. Like technically that's on some way we see it as they corrupted the world, but to them, they just created a market. They're just like, if, you know, like anyone would have done it, but they did it. So it's, but like, uh, yeah, it makes me think about like the idea of corruption, I suppose, with money. Well, uh, you know, one of the things I, I thought was interesting, and I want to touch on something you said there, Daniel. One of the wealth, actually, this is a theme that's mentioned the entire film, but it often comes from the wealthy. Everyone is equal. Keeps coming up. Like, it's, it's, it's stated multiple times in the film. Now, I think we can see fairly plainly that that's not the case, that not everyone is equal in the film. Well, my question for you guys would be, do you think they believe it when they say it? Because it's con it's just constant. I thought that was kind of hypocritical, but I guess... Um, you know what it reminded me of? Remember that awkward scene of that old woman like in that jacuzzi? was telling that worker like hey like come join me for a swim Everyone and then the, yeah and then the the woman was like oh it's okay like i work here it's fine and then the rich woman was like no like seriously come in like i insist to the point like it was so awkward like uh the woman was like just pushing like sorry like i don't want to work like oh sorry like i don't want to go in jacuzzi it's not allowed like i'll get fired and then like the the rich person was like oh just like live your life just come on let's do it but then it's like it's easy for her to say because she's mega rich while the 
the waitress is going to risk her job doing something that what a rich person wanted to do. It like made me feel like um, I guess rich people can be delusional at that idea of everyone is equal. I would say no, they don't believe it. I feel like it's something they're saying in the movie, uh, the rich people are saying in the movie to make themselves like not sound like tricks or to make themselves more relatable or make the, the poor people feel better perhaps. Because uh, there's a lot of moments where someone will say that, like the, there's like the scene where uh, the old Russian rich lady is making the worker go into the pool um and it's like oh yeah you know live your life hey you know you can do whatever you want like you're like they're basically saying oh you're we're equals what blah 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 mm -hmm. and she forces her to go in and then everyone after that right yeah everyone in the staff <laughs> the entire crew <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> uh, you have to go yeah. out and swim what we have to have a swim so can i add that um at this point in the movie um we get a perspective of like the the workers around the boat and i was a bit shocked that all of them were like filipinos like speaking in in my native language and i there's suddenly there's like subtitles of, of tagalog in there and or sorry it's like subtitles like of of english from tagalog and i thought that was pretty like um pretty real to me like knowing like uh how a lot of um, Filipinos will go work at, in like shipping and, and cruising like industries just because it's it's a it's an opportunity to grab. Sorry. You Sorry. No, did I'm you glad you noticed. I, I was gonna say, did you notice that all the rich people and all of upper management, like the captain and the event uh, host, were white? Oh yeah, yeah, instantly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah they're they're going for going for realism here <laughs> and, and you know what i i thought was so interesting is that you know we sort of when when they got on the boat i sort of assumed that it would be the servers and the wealthy and we'd see this huge gap and and we do see a huge gap between the servers and the wealthy like the, the, the servers are willing to do anything they're told because they're going to get that tip. But then mm. there's still these other layers under the ship and they don't even get the opportunity for that tip. Yeah. You know, they're not the ones saying, get that money, get that, because there's that scene where they're underneath, uh, like uh, the entire rest of the crew that's making the ship go mm -hmm. uh, are not the servers. The servers are the ones that are at the table. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Metaphor for the earth. Oh. A lot of celebrities, and I I unfortunately listen to like a lot of like podcasts of, of celebrities. And it's it's uh, a lot of them participate in social causes and they should because a lot of these causes that's been happening like around the world and in America, like we, we know that a lot of bad things are happening, but now there's a voice. And while it is very genuine that anyone can try to become a voice for a cause, for me, sometimes it feels like it's a PR thing, like a, like something just to look good. Like not only you're a celebrity, but then you also like, uh, posted your 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 pro BLM during those times. You know, it's it it's just it's it's a way for 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 clout. Maybe is that the right word I'm looking for? Just for um like to get more power out of this. That like you're I don't know. What do you guys think? I I'm sure there's elements of all of that. I, I when they said it in the film, I think they even flash it during that fashion show at the beginning. If I if I remember correctly, I could be wrong. I saw a quote there, something. A, they say but that I think they 
I think they say that, and they say cynicism disguised as optimism. I, I, I mean, masquerading as optimism. Masquerading. Yeah. Uh, I I got the yeah, sense man. they believed it. I really thought they did, because I thought that they were so obviously disconnected with the real world. Yeah. That it was just a, like I don't think I don't think it was like. I agree with you about it being a lie. I'm not sure that they were intentionally lying. Like, I don't think that there, she has nothing to gain by making the crew people go have a swim by lying and saying they're equal because they're not equal. They're going for a swim because you told them to have a swim. Because, you know, I, I, I get the sense that there's, it's living in a delusion. Um, like they never even talked to the people um that that are running the ship below and then when abigail takes over they're sort of like what what's happening you know what we're not used to being in this position after all everyone's equal right but they, i don't think they fully realize how uh, how much inequality they've created i could be wrong but yeah. like there are like it's a mix of course like of people think that i think in this movie it portrays you could argue for both sides like mm -hmm. how they portray it but no that's definitely true like and then it also pushes the notion that if they believe it like they have the sense of like oh i earned my wealth or right like, i deserve to be in this position of power yeah oh and because anyone can work and get to this position yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that, well, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think that, oh, everyone's got an opportunity. Yeah. Like, um, just to touch on both sides of whether the rich really believe that they're equal among, like, the not rich, or even the, if if they dare, the really poor, if it, like, um, workplace, uh, or like employers in some workplaces will practice this concept of we're family. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. I feel like Jason would, yeah, it's a, it's a common practice in workplaces. And sometimes it comes off as genuine, but sometimes it's also just a, a corporate concept just to give new workers, younger um, workers, who might believe that idea that like, oh, like I'm a, I'm part of a family. I, I'm, I'm pretty equal when, you know, it's some of us are easily disposable among like from our employers. So it's, it, it, it draws that line, right? Of reality when it's almost like a distraction from like, oh, like I'm gonna make more money off of you. <laughs> I, I noticed that in the beginning where they, they kind of had that uh, when the lady, the host, uh, she was like, hey, if we all work really hard or if you all work really hard, you might get a tip at the end. And it's like, well, what if you work really hard and you don't get a tip? Like, <laughs> it, it's, just, it's just like bullcrap, like propaganda, basically like, oh, hey, just work really hard and hope you get something out of this. And you may or may not yeah yeah i i think you're absolutely right t that's uh i think that's a great point um this is what i appreciate about this particular film is i think there's a bit of complexity like they don't really give you simple answers even though they feel simple mm -hmm. like obviously this is a very this is a film that totally goes blessed or the poor like this is that that's that's absolutely what it is but i still think like what we with what we see happening to abigail um i you know i get the sense that it's it's a bigger problem than rich and poor like you can break it down and make it that simple but there's something about the corruptibility of of money and power which can ruin anybody it doesn't matter whether you never had it or you grew up in it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, what is it? The, 
it's not it's not that well i mean we we all know the quote money is the root of all evil but that's not the quote that's not the quote from scripture the quote from scripture is the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil that's very different it's the love of money um and man i i think that's on display in this one Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard well I, I know the quote is different but the one that more people are more familiar with money is the root of all evil I know a lot of people argue that with uh, money just amp money doesn't make you evil it just amplifies whatever you were before mm -hmm. so if you were like a total jerk and if you have money, you're just going to be able to act on those actions. Mm. Whereas if you were a very giving person, uh, you would be just more giving. I, I think that's but, true, but I also don't know if it's a guarantee. Like you can be a giving person and then, you know, get a, get a lot more and suddenly want to give a lot less. That's true. Uh, I don't know, Daniel. Sorry, did I cut you off, Daniel? What were you going to say? Oh, no. Uh, well, I, I was thinking of like, like the idea of just being wealthy. Like, if if you just made two hundred million dollars the next day, and you're generous enough to just give fifty away, but then you live the rest of your life with a hundred fifty, and it's like, were you generous or were you? Like, but you're still wealthy. Like, was the goal to become not wealthy, but still wealthy? Or like eventually just give back all your wealth with what you were given, you know? And what does that make you as a person? Like, I feel like it's a lot more complex just when you reach that goal, if ever, if any one of us ever <laughs> get there, and it's it's like the concept of wealthy it, it varies because i'm not wealthy but to other countries i am mm -hmm. and what i do with my money um in that context i'm i'm pretty ashamed of it but i don't want to think about it because it's a lot of shame and it's it's just the i guess the idea of, of, of privilege when you have it what you do with it and how it defines you Sorry, I, I totally went on my, my own. No, that's my great. Own I love that word you use, privilege, too. That's I think that's an excellent question or an excellent word of the day. Yeah. I remember being a part of a conversation once. And we were we were in a, we were having a Bible study. We were talking about money. And two of my dear or two of my yeah, two of my dear friends got into a discussion about whether or not one of them could save money to buy a house. Um, cause they, they, they were still giving and being responsible with their money. They were not wealthy, but they wanted to save up to buy a house. And there became quite a discussion over whether or not they should do that. And I thought that was really interesting. Like their attitude was not, I'm going to, I'm going to hoard all my money and keep it to myself. But it was, yeah. I, I just, I want a place to live. And I, I mean, I, I want to have my own home, like my own physical yeah. building. And uh, the argument was, yeah, but you you could be using that money for something else. And and I struggled with that. I struggled with that. And because, again, yeah. you know, it's like they were being reasonable. I also understood the idea of having money and doing something. Like, my family is going on vacation soon. Oh, we, we fought for that. <laughs> we were fighting for that, to, to make that happen. But could we yeah. use that money for something else? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we could. It's hard. <laughs> it's a weird. It is uncomfortable now. I'm getting uncomfortable like this idea. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the podcast, Daniel. <laughs> Why well, I? I... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird, right? It's kind of is weird, and I know you've been kind of hiding that. Well, not hiding, but like your vacation, if you don't want it to be. I, I worry what other people are going to think. 
because I don't make a lot of money and I don't want them to think that I all of a sudden have a lot of money. I, I admit that. It's weird. It reminds me of how, and this might not fully relate, it reminds me of how people, when they give to like charities or homeless people, they want, instead of like giving cash, for example, they'll be like, hey, I'll buy you this. Mm. Like they want to help but they don't want to give them the autonomy to help. Like, it's like, let me help you, but let me help you the way I want. Like, I want to control the way, like, you have your life in a way. And that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, it's, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Yeah, it's really layered. Um, yeah, man, I'm telling you. It, it, because... You know, the truth is, is I want to be responsible with money and I want to be a giving person. Um, if you dropped, if you dropped $200 million in my lap, would I give $150 million away? I probably not. Well, my wife and kids would shoot me, but I, mean, but again, you're like, well, you still got $50 million there. This is the thing. This is, this is where I really connect with this film. Because I really believe it's not so much about the quality. First of all, I mean, it's definitely about compromise because you've got people that are war profiteers. You know, you've got these people that have done these terrible things to make yeah. money. Yeah. But I really think there's, it, it has something to do with the, the nature of what happens to the, like the soul when money gets in there. Or, or yeah. power, money and power. You know, whether it's, whether it's fighting over who pays in a restaurant or who has the most fish? Like, it, there's just—it's—it's it's wild. We all seem to be fighting for our own interests. Yeah. I mean, oh. this is, I, I was just gonna ask: Have you guys ever had like an employer or something where they did what they did in this film with the host? Like, hey, here's this tip. Uh, like, if you work really, really hard you might get it or not. I think like, I've never had that as an employer, but I I have had that feeling with like, the idea of like retirement and owning a home, like that's our generation tip, where it's like, hey, if you work really hard, you might own a home one day, but like then it's like getting so expensive, how realistic is it? Uh, and then everyone and then, like things are getting crazy with like inflation, but they're still like selling this idea of home ownership. Or, or even like other tips, like like retirement for for example or whatever. I always like uh like to flashback or do a research with flashback, like look back that the lives before me and how how money was different then how how things were cheaper and the basic needs that people needed were were just much cheaper and this is the reality that i have to live in that the financial goal i want it, it involves hoarding a lot of money mm. and it's it's just like it's very compromising on on my soul, I suppose, because one could do a lot with a with a hundred grand rather than like a down payment on a condo in, in Scarborough. <laughs> right. But it's it's reality, you know. It's sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I I was just agreeing with you. Yeah, but I, I've just heard so many stories of. Um, just talking to different generations of the people around my life and how it was so different, like how financial goals were, how it would only, and it's like, it's still very similar. There's a lot of areas around the world where it's very cheap and you could obtain property really quickly. If you really wanted it, you're just not going to be in the major cities, but I guess like we're all like the three of us were in a major city and, and like, the goals will will align like it's gonna involve like hoarding a lot of money but sorry like i i, I bought a bike from this old man like up north and he told me 
uh, in the seventies, he came from uh, Vietnam, and he was just in Toronto, like repairing tires for one dollar an hour under the table. And for some reason, like in five years, he will he was able to save up for a house in Toronto, and it was like sixty thousand dollars at the time. I don't know how he did that with one dollar one dollar an hour, but then like uh, uh, years before. I bought the bike from him. He was like, yeah, I sold the house and it was $2 million, like downtown Toronto. And now he's 70 and he's a millionaire, like in, in Markham. And that's just like wild how reality then versus now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you bring that up, I think of like how, like how this film also has a disconnect with the rich. There's a disconnect. Yeah with like older generations where it's like, I mean, you know, the, the old saying with boomers, like, oh, don't cancel your Netflix subscription. Don't order avocado toast. Don't have Starbucks. You'll own a home. Like, it's just not true, right? But there's like a disconnect between like how cheap things were there, how great opportunities were, and then mm. how great jobs were, and you didn't need school. And then if you did go to school, it was really cheap um yeah. yeah it's just like unrealistic but it's like it also like serves the notion like oh just work hard then you can be rich i think yeah when my parents bought their home in 1969 it cost them thirty thousand dollars oh my god <laughs> and this is a split level home on a on a quite a i mean it's in scarborough so it's not a massive lot but it's a massive lot compared to the new built new homes that are built that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's wild. It's wild. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, this is, I mean, also kind of depressing, but I mean, I, I value, this has been a really valuable conversation, um, but we, we should screen it or skip it. <laughs> Triangle of sadness, screen it or skip it. Screen it. It's good to see. Learn a lot about the wealth gap. Yeah, like I screen it. I mean, there's so many movies that talk about class, classism, and this is like up there with with well, not really up there, but with Parasite. I suppose that's my wow. only comparison. That is high praise. I well, no, <laughs> yeah oh well, yeah no i just on that discussion about wealth and and rich versus poor it's um it really made me think a lot especially talking to you guys yeah i i think it's a it's a screen it for me but a bit of a cautious one it's not a slam it down you gotta go see it for me I thought it was really well done. I also think the film is, and I, and I stand by this, I think the film is long. And I think that affects how many people will actually enjoy it. Like this film is like two hours and 20 minutes. It could have been an hour 50. And, and it wouldn't have, like if you shortened every scene by two minutes, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have hurt the movie uh, to me. Um, but yeah. I think he wanted it to be uncomfortable. He wanted us to sit in these moments, but I was like, this is good, but it's, it's long. Um, but I yeah. thought it was very well done. Like, so that's why I give it a screen it, but I mean, there'll be some people who like, it's, you know, you gotta be in the right mood for it. So, but I mean, as they say, you know, do angle or do not angle. There is no triangle. Who said that? Karl Marx? Nobody said that. Actually, Yoda said something you know, very similar, but anyway. Never. No. Um. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. It's been so much fun. Uh, absolutely love this. Um, thank you. Oh, I'm glad you could come on. This is great. Great to have you on, Daniel. This has been fun. And uh, Jason, I lo always love having you on too. Um, 
For you at home, a reminder that you can find us wherever podcasts are available. And we are back in our ninth season. Um, and uh, you can find us also on YouTube, where hopefully you'll like and subscribe. Or you can find us wherever you find your best podcasts or favorite podcasts. Uh, and as well, you can, if you go to the uh if you go to the podcast page on screenfish.net, you can download Fishing for More. Small group questions to help you get the conversation started with people that you see the film with or that you, uh, that you, that you know have seen the film as well. We will be back next week, and uh, I am looking forward to those conversations. But uh, as always, we started the conversation. This was Screenfish.